the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Invisible Man has appeared. That's right. Congressman Connor Lamb actually showed up and he did some TV interviews, including this one with WTAE, where he was asked if he would be voting to impeach Donald Trump. Yes, I will. Why? I think the articles fairly capture what the investigation showed, uh, and it took me a long time to get to this point. The witnesses came forward one after another after another saying, this put our national security at risk, and we can't have that. Well, yeah, some witnesses did. And there you have it. He said he's been thinking about it for a long time. Uh, and we've been trying to contact him for a few months and haven't gotten a response. Lamb is running against Sean Parnell in the 17th District. That's a district where Donald Trump blew out Hillary Clinton. And Sean Parnell is on the line right now. Sean, thanks for being here. Hey, John, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So any surprise there from uh, Mr. Lamb? Well, if, I mean, if you were going to vote for impeachment, why the heck didn't he tell us months ago? You know, I guess, I guess, I guess I'm uh, slightly relieved because at least we know where his loyalty is. His loyalty is with his party, uh, Nancy Pelosi, 97% of the time with her. And people, what people don't know, and I keep telling them over and over again, is he's 90 plus percent of the time with AOC, Ilhan Omar, and, and the squad. So he ran as a moderate. He says one thing in, in this district, and he does another thing in Washington. And look, the job of a United States congressman is to represent the people in his district. The vast majority of the people in PA 17 are against this impeachment sham, and they think it's, they think and they believe it's a waste of time. It's a complete waste of time for the American people. They, they've wasted years on, on this impeachment instead of passing legislation that would help the people at PA 17, like USMCA. USMCA would create thousands and thousands of jobs here. It would be a major boost to the Western Pennsylvania economy, but he hasn't focused on that. They've done nothing but focus on impeachment. I think come 2020, it's going to hurt him. So his his response would be, uh, if I can play the devil's advocate here, is he he's showing great courage by voting for this, even though it may not be popular in his district. You know, he, he also said that he his job was to be a tight-lipped juror. Which is, which to me is a joke. The job is to take a side. The job is to vote, right? If you want to go be a tight-lipped juror, go volunteer for jury duty somewhere. You know, he's, this investigation, and by the way, I don't like getting in the, in the weeds and debating the merits of the investigation because the premise of the investigation is a sham to begin with. So right. the facts after the fact don't really matter to me. So the president, I still don't know what the crime is. Impeachment is a serious, serious deal. There's not been the president. President of the United States has committed no crime. So why, in God's name, are we still focused on this impeachment nonsense? You know, uh, if you think about it, uh, it seems to me that there are the the only thing that would be more important and more um, impactful than voting for impeachment would be voting for a declaration of war if you're a congressman. I mean, uh, there, all these other things are nice, the laws that you vote for and, you know, the, the laws that you debate. And, uh, but there's, it's, it's hard to come up with anything more important than that, than voting to impeach the president. Well, yeah, and, and look, John, the reason why they're doing this right now is twofold. One, for Connor, he has to rile up his base. If he, does, if he doesn't vote for impeachment, he gets a primary. And that's a bad thing for him. Oh, okay. uh, but but the, the, you, you know, and, and the second the second part of it the second part of it is is the national Democrats. And again, I don't even like saying Democrats in general because my grandfather was a lifelong Union Democrat. This party is not his party anymore. You know, they've been co opted by the radical left. So the far left Democrats, the ultra left, they know that they cannot beat Donald Trump in 2020. So they have to undo the they have to undo this election. 
and, and, and they have to undo the election and prevent him from running for office in 2020. That's the whole point. They know they can't win. They don't have anybody that can win. So uh, the election is still 11 months away. Um, and, and will it be fresh enough in voters' minds to still be a huge factor? I know you'll make sure they remember. You'll remind them if he, you know, if it's not. But is it going to linger well, yeah, that I long? So. I, well, yeah, I think so. Look, I mean, uh, President Trump's supporters helped Connor Lamb take office in 2018. And if you're if you're if you're someone who voted for President Trump in 2016, and then voted for Connor Lamb, and also President Trump in 20, you know, and voted voted for President Trump and voted for Connor Lamb in 2018, you're fired up. Mm-hmm. The, the people of Western Pennsylvania aren't going to soon forget this. I mean, there, you know, tens of thousands of people in PA 17 uh, voted for President Trump. Over 60 million people in the United States voted for for President Trump. Their voice matters, and the fact that the, the fact of the matter, the fact that the Democrats are voting to impeach this president 11 months before an election is absolutely ridiculous, and it's a slap in the face of every American citizen who values our constitutional republic. Yeah, and I don't—I didn't see the whole interview or any of the interviews he did on television, but I have a sneaking suspicion, and I don't want to—maybe it's unfair for me to say it, but I have a sneaking suspicion that he wasn't pressed all that hard on that issue. I could—maybe I, that proved oh, me wrong. It's, yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, but this is—, this is, this is this is, you know, if you're if you're a Republican, if you're a conservative, you know, the job is to go to where the people are and, and really not and not really worry about any of the other stuff. You know, if you if you watch some of the Democratic debates, they'll typically ask the Democrat candidates what favorite, you know, hey, what's your favorite puppy? You know, they don't get tough, difficult <laughs> right, questions. Right. It's just a fact. So as, as, as a Republican, as a conservative, I think we have the right message. But the way the way that you win is you outwork your opponent. You go right to the people and talk to them, have a difficult conversation. You have difficult conversation. You do the hard work of building relationships with people. I mean, that's what being a representative leader is all about. And as you say, I mean, he's the invisible man. Everywhere I go, everywhere in this district, and I've been in all over the district every day for the last month since I've been in this race, everybody that I talked to said, oh, my gosh, I can't remember the last time I saw <laughs> Connor Lamb. Yeah, we have a theme song for him. I don't, we don't have time for it today, but uh, we have a theme song for him called it's, it's a song by the Who that I found, and it's, I think it's just, the name of it is just Invisible. I only got two minutes left here. Um, I, I want to ask you because yesterday I talked to someone uh, who commented on a story that the Post Gazette had about uh, a study done by Carnegie Mellon on fracking. And pretty much what it said was that people are dropping like flies, dying everywhere in western Pennsylvania because of fracking. Uh, that's going to be a big that's issue, absurd. isn't it? It's absurd. I mean, look, part of my, part of my campaign and part of my narrative, uh, campaign narrative is going to be defending and being a warrior for energy. There are over 117,000 energy jobs. And I'm, we're talking people that work on fracking sites in western Pennsylvania. And any one of these Democratic candidates, they come in, they're going to, with a stroke of a pen, put 100% of those people out of work and ban fracking on federal and private land. That's unacceptable. People's lives and livelihood are at stake. And I will tell you this, I've been on fracking sites. I've talked to the, from, from executives on down to people that are working on the wells. There is no greater protector of the environment than the people that work on those sites. There's no greater protector of the environment than people who actually work in the environment. These people are patriots. And, 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 and again, the energy industry in Western Pennsylvania is a major pillar of our economy. And what, I am not going to let these radical environmentalists and radical leftists, leftists destroy it. I'm up against a hard break. I got about 30 seconds. What has Lamb said on that uh, issue? Well, he says that natural gas is a bridge fuel. Bridge to what? I don't know. But if I'm working in that industry, I, if I pull the lever for Connor Lambert, I think it's just you know, polishing the brass in the Titanic. Your job is not safe if you vote for him. <laughs> hey, Sean, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again. We finally got uh, a comment from the Invisible Man. I'm glad to have you on. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, John. All right. And that's uh, – thank right, you, Sean. And that's Sean Purnell. He's running against Connor Lamb, who said today that he will vote to impeach – the President of the United States, and we will be right back. Stick around. 
We're living in a very successful, affluent society for many people. Yet, it's also true that there are people that are being left out of that. And how do we reach those people? Joel Gilliam, Executive Director at Light of Life Rescue Mission on Pittsburgh's North Side. So part of what Light of Life does is that we help them in our education and employment program to connect with workforce development, to look at the skill gap that exists. And so we're partnering with places like the community college. We're taking our clients, once they are clean and they are ready to move on, now they can actually get credentialed in an area where they can be hired to work with uh, UPMC or Google or or Amazon or these other places. And so it provides an on-ramp for those who are left out to get back involved in society. Help someone else find their comeback story. To become a monthly partner or make a one-time gift, visit lightoflife.org slash give today. lightoflife.org slash give. Confusing, tedious, worse than a math test. That's how most Americans describe shopping for health insurance. Yep, open enrollment is here again. You have until December 15th to choose something very expensive that you hope to never use. And if that makes you want to stick a red-hot poker in your eye, call Marley Financial. Marley has every plan available in the tri-state, but they also offer some of the most innovative solutions to tackle the high cost of health care. Heard of first dollar benefits, the most expensive part of a health plan? They're great if you visit the doctor a lot or take medications, but if you're healthy, why pay it? A catastrophic plan through Marley may be all you need. Or how about a high deductible plan you can pair with a supercharged HSA? Not all plans qualify, but Marley's do, offering double benefits to cut your out-of-pocket costs in half. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 for a custom-designed health plan with the coverage you need at a price that's right for you. 724-884-1496 or at marleyfg.com. Like the rest of us, you're probably tired of all those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number. Now, there's a solution. Ouroldnumber.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through, and most live sales calls will hang up. So how does it work? Callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you. The caller selects the family member they wish to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded onto the family member's cell phone. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month, and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family wherever they are and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be glad you did. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Stag for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, Betsy DeVos might be the most unpopular person in the Donald Trump cabinet among liberals, and that's saying something. She's the Secretary of Education and a big fan of school choice, which they hate. She's also been trying to bring some sanity to college campuses and how the colleges deal with men who have been accused of sexual assault. It's been a nightmare for lots of men who turned out to be innocent. Susan Kruth is the senior author at FIRE. That's the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. She joins us now. Susan, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So I guess the first question is, have things gotten any better for men on college campuses, uh, men who, who have been accused of sexual assault? 
Well, I would say that overall for the past several years, things have really been bad for um, all students accused of any sort of misconduct on college campuses. Um, it isn't just a problem that we see in sexual misconduct cases, although it's oftentimes worse in those cases. But the bottom line is that students across the country are not uh, being guaranteed fundamentally fair hearings before they're punished for alleged wrongdoing. Yeah, so uh, at FIRE, you guys are trying to, you've been fighting against that. What are, what are the new proposed Title IX regulations um, that uh, are out there now that you guys are dealing with? Um, so the new proposed regulations, if they're enacted, they would uh, guarantee students a number of the procedural safeguards that we're looking for in sexual misconduct um, hearings specifically. So students would be presumed innocent, for example. They would receive uh, notice of uh, what they supposedly did wrong in some detail, and they would have time to really prepare for their cases. They would receive um, a live hearing in these cases, which... Uh, many, many, many students do not get right now, um, and they would get to, uh, through an advisor, cross-examine um, witnesses and the other party. And all of these uh, different elements are so, so essential for fair hearings. So um, we really hope to see these provisions enacted soon. Well, they're so essential, you would wonder why they even have to be brought up. They wouldn't have existed in the first place. Exactly. I mean, there's a reason why all these things are, um, you know, standard and guaranteed in civil and criminal courts, and that's because they help fact finders in each case figure out um, the truth of what really happened where the facts are contested. Yeah, and um, so uh, the, the, new pro the, the new proposal, the Title IX regulations, uh, they, they are going to, you hope, solve some problems, but how have the 70% of schools justified not guaranteeing the presumption of innocence up to that point? I think that's the number you, you came up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's sort of a combination of things. Um, some schools sort of think that they have language that gets to that same point, but it's not really clear enough to... Uh, truly ensure that students are guaranteed that presumption of innocence. Uh, some of them just think that it sort of goes without saying, and they don't understand that if that's not written clearly in the policies, not every administrator applying um, those policies and procedures is actually going to, in practice, give a student um, a presumption of innocence. And so um, really clarity and consistency in the written policies is, is so essential, and I think um, n not necessarily everyone uh, knows that or um, is thinking about that when they're putting together these policies. Yeah, um, it's it seems to me. I mean, I always wonder about this. Um, you know, that we're having this discussion here, and that and this is taking place on college campuses. But how how is it that these, if it's rape or sexual assault that someone is uh, accused of, or someone is claiming someone did to them, how is that? How does the 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 university, the college? get in between that and law enforcement. If, if it's a rape, why, why am I dealing with the dean? If, if I feel like I've been sexually assaulted, why am I even going to them and not going to the police? Right. Well, the reason behind that really has a lot to do with just Title IX jurisprudence and case law as it's developed over the years. Um, particularly in the 80s and 90s, uh, there were a series of cases um, that established that uh, a school has an obligation to um, respond to and help prevent hostile environment um, harassment. And so the basic idea behind things was that if a school knows about um, harassment or assault that's happening and they don't um, take measures to make sure that uh, the victim can continue their education um, safely despite that or, you know, after that, that it, the school is effectively continuing um, and taking part in that sort of hostile environment harassment. So um, as a result, schools are legally um, obligated under Title IX to respond in some way. Um, now, there's lots of debate over what, whether that necessarily should include this whole adjudicatory process that they now are engaged in. Um, but right now, it's sort of, uh, I mean, it's definitely the status quo. And um, so we're just trying to make sure that as long as they're doing that job, that they're at least doing it in a way that's as fair as possible.
But does it still happen that a that if a woman is uh, believes that she's been sexually assaulted, that, that she bypasses the school and goes right to to law enforcement? And that, does the school stay out of it then if that's what happens? Um, the school generally does not stay out of it. Um, it's you know, of course, in any given case, a victim could decide to go to the school or the police or both. And really, there are different processes and different remedies that each can provide. So, of course, the school can't um, send a, um, a student who assaults someone to jail, but the court also can't necessarily arrange for, um, you know, academic and housing accommodations the way that the school would be able to. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they serve different purposes. Um, we still think that it's uh, good for things to go through the criminal justice system. Um, but it, in any case, what's really most important is that whatever procedure is used um, has procedural safeguards to make sure that students aren't um, unjustly punished. We're talking to Susan Kruth. She's lead author at FIRE. That's Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. Uh, Betsy DeVos is not the most popular person among liberals. Uh, is she the one that's pushing for this? And, and what kind, how much uh, pushback is she getting? Um, yeah, so, you know, this administration is the one that is um, taking those steps towards due process in uh, Title IX cases, um, and she is getting a lot of pushback, too. There were, there were uh, I think, something close to 200,000 comments on the proposed Title IX regulations and um, truly many, many comments on uh, sort of both sides of things, people um, asking for the uh, procedural safeguards that we're advocating for and that are in the proposed um, regulations, and then a lot of people uh, saying that it was better back when the uh, 2011 Dear Colleague letter was sort of um, treated as the law of the land. And um, so, you know, we're optimistic right now that those procedural safeguards are going to be um, uh, finalized as the regulations, but um, yeah, there there is a lot a lot of debate on this topic. And there's a, a I was looking at some of your material, and there's a First Amendment issue involved with the sexual harassment. Can you explain that? Right. So um, previously, uh, the Office for Civil Rights had stated in a uh, findings letter after um, an investigation of the University of Montana that uh, sexual harassment should be defined as um, any unwelcome conduct of a sexual nature, um, conduct including verbal conduct. And so with this incredibly broad definition of sexual harassment, uh, essentially anything related to sex or sexuality in any way that someone found offensive could potentially uh, be punished as harassment um, at public schools that would clearly violate the First Amendment. And so this was a um, definition that Fire and other free speech advocates uh, really, really fought against. Um, in contrast, the Supreme Court has set forth this definition of harassment um, that is much narrower um, and still allows schools to respond to uh, the kind of speech and conduct that uh, would interfere with a reasonable, reasonable person receiving their education while still ensuring that people can have really robust debate um, on issues that may be related to sexuality um, as it should be allowed um, on college campuses. Um, so that's been an ongoing battle. And uh, uh, again, we're hoping that um, these proposed regulations will include that narrow definition of sexual harassment that uh, comports with the First Amendment, but still allows schools to uh, respond to really serious conduct. I only have about a minute left, uh, and I, I, the, we had a story here about a kid from Michigan State University, a wide receiver. He had triple jeopardy that he had to deal with, and the third time that it came up, they got him for sexual assault, or I forget what the exact charge was. He was uh, thrown out of school, lost his uh, spot on an NFL team. Will that be changed with this, double jeopardy? Um, unfortunately, um, it probably will not be, um, although we don't obviously have uh, the final text in front of us. Um, but, uh, you know, that is obviously something that due process advocates do have a problem with, that essentially, um, you know, ca these cases can be appealed even after a student is found um, not guilty and perhaps the school gets several bites at the same apple and then finally you know they find a student guilty when other fact-finding panels haven't and it's um it's 
it's a rough situation out there. Um, but it that that part of things may unfortunately keep happening. Well, you're, the Foundation for Individual Rights and Education is doing good work out there. Uh, and Susan, I thanks uh, thank you for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, that's Susan Kruth of the Foundation for Individual Rights and Education. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Another Republican amendment to the Articles of Impeachment is struck down. Matt Gates introduced an amendment to HRES 755 to remove the name of former Vice President Joe Biden from the Articles of Impeachment and instead name his son Hunter. By a party line vote of 24 to 17, that amendment failed. House Republicans continue to introduce amendments to change the nature of the Articles of Impeachment. Earlier today, an amendment was struck down to kill the abuse of power article of impeachment against President Donald Trump. Correspondent Bernie Bennett reporting from Capitol Hill. Though split sharply along party lines, the panel is expected to send the two articles of impeachment to the full House for it to take pre-Christmas action next week. The two parties continue to clash heatedly over the two charges that President Trump faces. On Wall Street, a good day as the Dow was up by 220 points. The Nasdaq rose 63, the S&P 500 up by 26. This is SRN News. All packages for a living? A gas-powered Mercedes-Benz Sprinter delivers. Transport people? A Sprinter van with 0% financing is a five-star idea. If food delivery is your thing, then a gas Sprinter caters to you. And if you're a general contractor, the Sprinter with 0% financing nails it. With innovation, safety, and technology, Sprinter is built for you. And it's built for your bottom line with 0% financing. The Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, starting at just $33,790. And for a limited time with IRS Section 179, you could be eligible for up to a $25,000 tax deduction. Gas engine, 0% financing, and a possible tax deduction? Now that's a Sprinter that delivers. Mercedes-Benz. Vans. Born to run. MSRP excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation, charge, and dealer prep fee. Options, bond availability, natural dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Only valid on 2018 or 2019 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter vans, excluding cap chassis. Qualified commercial customers only. Financing offer valid through January 2, 2020. Consult your tax advisor. For more information, limits may apply. Visit mbvans.com. Larry Elder says the dots just don't connect. But he wasn't going to run in 2020, right? He's going to cash out, right, Joe Scarborough? So why then would he pressure the president of Ukraine to do something that would give him an advantage in the re-election race, a re-election race that only a few months ago you guys said he wasn't interested in running? This thing on? I don't think this thing is on. The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tunch Elkin from my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. Now through the end of the year, the Chevy Employee Discount is for everyone. Right now, you can save over $11,200 off the MSRP on select 2019 Silverado All-Stars. Or you can save over $6,000 off the MSRP on select 2020 Equinox. These deals won't last, so hurry in now for the best selection. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. We're surrounded by noise. Order today. Bombarded by information. Messages struggling to get attention. So many choices and ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. Today's technology can do that, but you need the resources and know-how to make it all work. You need Salem Surround. With all the digital marketing tools available and necessary to compete in today's business world, you need to know how to use all the options efficiently. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. For no limitations on how and where you can reach customers, there's Salem Surround, total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com, surroundpittsburgh.com. 
Connecting you with new customers. Hundreds of ministries have discovered the success of a partnership with OnePlace.com, the largest online Christian broadcast platform on the web. Here's Greg Laurie. By partnering with OnePlace, we've been able to expand our online ministry in a way that complements our current web strategy for maximized outreach and impact. And Dr. David Jeremiah. Many of the new listeners we reach here each day through OnePlace are now faithful ministry supporters. Introduce your ministry to our audience. Visit us at oneplaceradio.com. AM twelve fifty. The answer. Weather. A couple of clouds in the sky for tonight with a low of twenty six. Mainly cloudy tomorrow with a bit of afternoon rain and a high forty one. Tomorrow night times of rain with a low thirty five. Saturday periods of morning rain. Breezy during the afternoon with a little rain mixing with then changing to snow with a high of forty two. And on Sunday a morning flurry or two. Otherwise rather cloudy, breezy and colder with a high of thirty four. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Gun-free zones have been a target for people who want to use guns illegally to hurt or kill other people. They've also been a target for gun rights groups who believe that uh, they're just invitations for bad people to do bad things with guns. Happened twice on military bases this month. Mark Walters is a national board member of the Citizens Committee for the Right to Bear Arms. He joins us now. Thanks for being here, Mark. Well, John, thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. So there have been two shootings uh, at military bases this month, and that has raised the question again about why the men and women on the bases aren't allowed to carry guns. Uh, has that always been the case, that they've not allowed been allowed to carry guns? Bill Clinton instituted that rule during the Clinton administration. That was nice. And it's been that way ever since. And between you and I, I, if I remember correctly, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, I seem to remember Donald Trump campaigning on that issue when he was talking about gun rights. He ran the most pro-gun campaign that I've ever seen in my lifetime for president. And I remember that being a part of the campaign, and he said it was crazy that we had our military bases disowned. So I'm shocked that nothing's been done about that yet, yeah. and I'm hopeful that something will be done about that in the very, very near future. Yeah, as the commander... Should be done by executive order right away. Yeah, as I was going to say, as the president uh, and the commander-in-chief, you would think that it would just require a phone call. Hey, guys, let them carry guns. That's the end of it. That's it. That's it? That's all that should have to happen. Uh, it's astonishing to me that it has not. Let me ask you this question. I'd have, like to ask listeners to walk with me here also would you be shocked if you pulled up to the to the gate of a u.s military uh, military base and saw armed troops walking around the military base would that shock you no i'd be of terrified yeah well, they might shoot right. me it's, right well yeah i guess if you're a snowflake <laughs> so uh um, run back years maybe they need to put safe spaces around the military bases too yeah right so what what um do you, i mean do you know what the what the reason for it was, uh, and and well, I'm I'm just wondering. I don't remember it when it, you know if it was Bill Clinton. That's at least twenty years ago. I don't remember it, but um, I wouldn't imagine that it went over all that well with military people that they were told not that, that they couldn't carry their sidearms with them. John, I do not remember what what the reasoning and the rationale for that was. What I know now is that it has to be changed, and it has to be changed yesterday. Yeah, and it's a it's a um, uh, you know the old um, gun free zone, and I, I'm just uh, w- what is it about gun free zones that, that people don't seem to get that it doesn't make people safe? Ideology, intellectual dishonesty, someone who's reacting on emotion and not thought process, which is basically the basis of socialist Democrats in today's day and age. They react based on emotion, not thought process, or they're just simply being intellectually dishonest and are pushing an agenda in lieu of the facts, what they know to be the facts and the truth, as the gun prohibitionist crowd funded by Michael Berg does every single day, all day. Let me, let, me, let me give you a point here. I hear individuals talking about, for example, the gun-free zone base being a gun-free zone and how if the gun-free zone didn't exist, those individuals would have had an opportunity to shoot back. You've heard that argument, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. How about I present this to you? If the base wasn't gun-free, the incident wouldn't have occurred in the first place. Because the individual knows that right. everybody there is armed. Right. So he wouldn't have done what he did in the first place. We wouldn't have to be worried about shooting back. The individual would have picked a different target or wouldn't have picked a target at all. 
that's the deterrent of, of, of an armed, of an, a, not only an armed base, but of armed teachers, armed schools. We arm banks, we arm buildings, and we won't arm our schools and we don't let our military arm themselves on the base. How many times do we have to see this? How many more Americans do we have to lose? Yeah, it's um, the, uh, the, the one, the, the shooting by the, the Saudi uh, I guess they're still um, investigating it, uh, whether they, and deciding whether they want to call it an act of terrorism, which it seems like it was to me. But um, uh, I, it's a, a a military base where you are advertising to to the terrorists that hey, this is we have a, all the people you hate. They're right here on the base because you hate our military. They're not. They don't have any guns. So if you're looking to kill some people, just come on down here. Of course. It's, it's just We've so obvious. We've left them wide open. And frankly, it's, it, to me, it's, when, I, when I look at something like that, I shake my head and I think, again, why are we doing this? It simply doesn't make any sense. It's like sending our police forces out without firearms. Go out and do your jobs, guys, girls, but don't carry a gun. Yeah, no, I've. It makes no sense. I've no, I wasn't in the military, and I've never spent any time on a military base. Um, what what would it look like if they were walking around armed? Uh, uh, wouldn't it wouldn't mean that every single person you see would be carrying a gun or, or showing a gun, and they wouldn't be walking around with long guns? I wouldn't think it would be. They would be well, if they wanted to. Yeah. yeah, you'd you'd see you'd see you'd see you know uniformed troops walking around with their thigh rig on with a pistol. You'd see some with long guns. But that's completely normal and natural at a military installation. It should be. <laughs> you would that's think. what we should see our troops doing. Yeah. And, you know, Bill Clinton is the guy who said he loathes the military. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's on record as having said that when he was uh, before he decided he wanted to be president of the United States. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm just wondering, there had to be some pushback from, I know he's the boss, he's the commander in chief, but you wonder how the, how the, uh, the, the hierarchy of the military didn't convince him that that's a really stupid idea, or did some of them go along with it? I, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. I would I would imagine that probably some went along with it. I'm sure he conferred with others before he did it. Who knows? I have no. I have absolutely no idea. All I know is that it needs to be changed, and it needs to be changed yesterday. Because Americans have been killed, and this will unfortunately happen again unless we make another change. Well, the, the our enemies are not stupid. Yeah. The first two make make it make it more likely that there's going to be another one because it was successful. They got what they wanted. Well, you know, we go another step farther. Here's a real controversial statement by your guest. Stop bringing them to this country to train them here. No, train them on no military kidding. bases in their own country. Train them on military bases in Europe. We have a problem here. This individual, what really angered me about this more than anything else, John was the fact that we had actionable intelligence on this individual. We knew, and it always seems to be the case, everybody points it out after the fact, that high view, you know, that, that rear view mirror is high definition vision every single time. We get to go back and we get to look back and see, oh, well, this guy, had, we knew what his social media trail was, and he was still here in this country. Now, you've got to wonder why. Why is that happening? You have 15 Saudis out of 19 hijackers in, on 9-11 murder 3,000-plus Americans. You have another Saudi. It's, we have a problem. You cannot vet everybody. It's like a background check with a gun. Every mass killer that they like to point to, that they say we need universal background checks, which is a joke, every single one of the killers that they use as a reference have all passed the background check over the last 25 years. Background checks don't tell us what somebody's going to do in the future. Mm -hmm. It is impossible to look backwards to vet somebody looking forward. Train these people on their bases or train them in gutter, Train them in Dubai. Train them in Saudi Arabia. We have joint bases. Train them somewhere else and stop this madness in America. Americans are being killed. Isn't that a terrible thing to say, that I don't want Americans to be killed by terrorists on our own soil? My gosh, have we not learned anything? Uh, we're talking to Mark Walters. Uh, he's the national board member for the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms, also a spokesman for the Second Amendment Foundation. So what have you guys done to uh, try to put some more pressure on the powers that be to try to change this? Uh, right now, a new press release just went out by Alan Gottlieb a few moments ago. Literally, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. But we continue to fight in the halls of Congress. We continue to fight in courtrooms across the country to stop this madness. We simply look at what's happening in Virginia right now. 
no. as American citizens, we are watching a powder keg. We are watching history in the making in the state of Virginia. We are watching a, an absolute power grab by a bunch of overreaching socialists who have, great, who have gained power in Virginia for the first time in 26 years. The rest of the country needs to look at Virginia like we are and see what's occurring. When the, when, the, when the Democrat Party took control in Virginia, when their legislative session begins next month, they're not working on fixing the infrastructure of Virginia, making sure the tunnels down at Tidewater are safe. They're not worried about schools and crumbling roadways. They're not worried about the parks that need fixed out all throughout the rest of the state of Virginia and the highway system. They're not worried about the health care system. They're not worried about welfare and taking care of their citizens. Their first order of business is eight gun control bills to disarm their law-abiding population. This is a legitimate question to ask. What is it about their ideology that requires them to disarm you? What is it they want to do that their, their first goal is to focus on gun control, which affects no one but law-abiding citizens? Those are legitimate questions to ask. Now, what you have in the state of Virginia is you have over 80 counties over the course of the last week. Hundreds of thousands of Virginia citizens across the state have packed commission's offices and town councils and city councils across the state. Over 80 counties in Virginia have declared themselves Second Amendment sanctuaries, vowing not to enforce the overreaching new, newly elected Democrats in the, in the General Assembly and in the governor's office. And it is a powder keg in Virginia. You have sheriffs that are now telling their, their politicians they will deputize thousands of their citizens and they will not enforce these unconstitutional gun controls, where this is not what the state needs to be focusing on, is attacking law-abiding people. What's happening in Virginia is the model they want. What we're seeing in Virginia is what would happen if the Democrat Party took control of the White House and both houses of Congress. This is what they have in store for us. And it is a very volatile situation right now, because you now have a Democrat in Virginia telling the, uh, telling, uh, I, think it was, I think it was the New York Times, that the governor needs to call in needs to prosecute and needs to call in the National Guard against these counties. This is what the Democrat now calling for force to be used, government force to be used to prosecute those individuals pushing back about their enactment of gun control. So a very dangerous situation in Virginia, and all of America needs to be watching it very, very carefully. And they were these are the same people who are pretty much okay with um, sanctuary cities for illegal immigrants. Who commit it's okay crimes. If you have an illegal immigrant, it's okay to give them a driver's license and feed them your welfare money. These are people, people that are in this country illegally. People have violated our federal law to be here. That's okay. But to stand up for, their, for your constitutional rights in this country, they'll send the National Guard in. This is, these are tyrants. This is how tyrants work. This is why we have a Declaration of Independence. It's why we have a Constitution. And quite frankly, it's why the Second Amendment was written as number two. In the Bill of Rights, you know, it's interesting, the irony is not lost on me, and it shouldn't be lost on you or you listeners, that the Bill of Rights Day is in three days. To December 15, 1791 is Bill of Rights Day. Oh, Virginia okay. was the state that tipped it yep. and ratified. Virginia was the one state, was the final vote that ratified the Bill of Rights. And here we are today watching Virginia's newly elected governors in the General Assembly, the Democrat Party, their first order of business when they take the reins of power, when they open up the legislative session, is to go after law-abiding people and take away their guns. It's, it's, it's a very, as I said, and you now have eight counties. I want you to put that in perspective and try to wrap your head around that. You have 80 counties who have said no. Wow. Come and take it. So this is a, is a, is a powder keg in Virginia. We have to be very careful. I, uh, later today, and I've, I've been talking about it on my show for the last uh, week, actually, and will continue to do so as each day goes by, the rhetoric is amping up, and we don't know how this is going to turn out. So where do you see the the um, the sanctuary county um, idea going? How far is it going to go? If it's, it's already in Virginia, but Virginia's made it, the, gov- the government there has made it pretty clear what they want to do. Um, but will this create the situation where it's going to kind of sweep the country and there will be pressure? Virginia is not the first state to, yeah, it's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. Virginia is not the first state to do this. Yeah, I know. We've already seen 20, uh, we've seen 31 of 33 sheriffs in New Mexico do the same thing, say I will not enforce the state's illegal gun controls in my county. We've seen it in Colorado. We've seen the vast majority of counties and sheriffs in Washington state and now Virginia, which is just in overdrive and, and hyperdrive, 
because of what the Democrats are trying to do. The difference now is you have Mark Herring, the attorney general, saying these laws, when they pass, will be enforced. And you have a sheriff that stepped up and said, I will deputize thousands of my citizens. Now, what will happen is up now to the Democrats who are trying to enact their own constitutional edicts and to try to force them down the throats of millions of Virginians who want nothing to do with this. So it's, as I said, uh, if, if this were to happen, at the, if you see the Democrats take power and go after gun control at the federal level, then you're going to see this blow up across the country by thousands and thousands and thousands of counties. What we're seeing happen in Virginia, we are literally watching what they want to do to us if they take federal power. This is what they have in store. So pay very careful attention to this. It's not going away anytime soon, and it could get really ugly. You know, it, it always, we only have about a minute and a half left here, but it, it's always amazing to me that how ignorant so many people are about why the Second Amendment exists uh, and they think it's for self-defense or hunting deer. And they, they just, if they would get the idea that it exists to prevent the tyranny that you're talking about, then it would be a lot lot easier to deal with. But they, the, the, the people are not educated on what the Second Amendment was intended to do and what it's still supposed to do. The Second Amendment has worked since it was ratified in 1791. It has kept this country safe and free. And that's what it was designed to do. There are vicious attacks against our Second Amendment rights and freedoms today, as we're witnessing in Virginia. And my guess, this is my, this is my guess of what's going to happen in, when this all shakes down, is the Democrats, when they look back, are not going to be, what are they going to do, jail 80 sheriffs? What are they going to do, put away a million, two million, three million Virginians for violence? It's not going to happen. They're talking a big game. They're seeing the people push back, and many of them are going to lose elections. I'm going to guess that you're going to see Virginia flip back red in 2020 when the rest of the state house election goes up for cycle again, or parts of it go up for cycle again is what you're going to wind up see happen because they're not going to put up with this. People are awake in Virginia right now. They, and those who didn't vote because the turnout was so low have learned a very, very valuable lesson that the elections have consequences. Should be interesting. Mark, I'm out of time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Oh, anytime, John. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, that's Mark Walters. Of the, he's a national board member for the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms, and he's with the Second Amendment Foundation. We'll be right back. What if you could wake up without the burden of owing over $10,000 in taxes to the IRS or state? Call the trusted name in tax resolution, Anthem Tax Services, 866-255-3658. With over 30 years of experience in tax preparation and tax law, we are ready to negotiate your tax debt and reach a settlement that makes sense for you. Anthem saved me nearly $17,000 and settled my debt with the IRS for just $100. 866-255-3658. We are the only company that is confident enough in our services to offer a 100% money-back guarantee if we can't put you in a better position than where you started. All you need to do is call for a free consultation. Call 866-255-3658. You may even qualify to save up to 99% off your tax debt. Call Anthem today and we'll also take care of your tax case study for free, saving you hundreds of dollars. 866-255-3658. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. Windows These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you have brain fog and lack of energy during the day? If so, take back your vitality and clarity with all-natural Cola Gel, newly discovered jellyfish collagen peptides that aids with brain and memory support. Cola Gel is all-natural with no side effects. Edible jellyfish collagen uniquely supplies the body with multiple collagen peptides and naturally occurring minerals that fuels our cellular system with energy-rich compounds. Jellyfish collagen is a nutritive formula that promotes optimal
optimum neurological activity and improves cognitive memory. Receive your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. That's longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. K-O-L-L-A-J-E-L-L. Get your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz promo code COLAGEL. Eliminate brain fog and lack of energy with COLAGEL at longevitybynature.biz. That's longevitybynature.biz. As we enter this holiday season, we've stopped to reflect on what we're grateful for. This is Greg Trzynski, and at the Original Mattress Factory, we're grateful for you, our loyal customers. With your support, more than half of our business comes from repeat customers and referrals. And we have been hometown-made for nearly 30 years. So thank you. We look forward to building new relationships and providing the high quality and great value that you've come to expect from the Original Mattress Factory. We wish you and your family a happy and healthy holiday season and a wonderful new year. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we want to know, is it better to give or to receive? This holiday season, one local winner won't have to choose. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set to a local winner and providing another set to be donated to a nearby charity. Visit any Original Mattress Factory location by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. We wish you and your family a holiday season that's filled with cheer and goodwill. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. A couple of things here uh, before we go. Real quick, uh, some good news from across the pond. Looks like Boris is going to win over there, Boris Johnson. Uh, The polls said it was going to be close. And as uh, the exit polls are showing that it's going to be a blowout and he's going to win. And if uh, if he had lost, uh, uh, Britain was going to become socialist for the first time in I don't know how long. But Labor got destroyed. Uh, Corbyn was his opponent. Um, and he's done. So um, I've never understood the whole Brexit thing. Uh, they voted that they wanted to leave the European Union. And for some reason, it didn't matter. And the politicians were able to just tell the people that, uh, well, sorry, uh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. I know you voted for this, but we're not doing it. So it looks like they're not going to be able to prevent it now. Big win for, it looks like a big win for Boris Johnson over there. Probably good news for Trump, too, because he's kind of a populist and very much an anti-socialist. So over there across the pond, they wised up and they're going to get out of the European Union. Why anybody would want to give up your sovereignty and let a bunch of people in Brussels from countries all over the planet over there uh, decide what you're going to do, I never understood. And the other thing, real quick before we go, Roger Goodell said at the winter meetings today that the NFL is done with Colin Kaepernick. He doesn't see him getting another chance. He said they gave him a tryout a while back, and that's it for Colin. XFL looks pretty good, Colin. Maybe you ought to give them a call. It's coming up in a couple of months. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.